<clears throat> oh god, Dana White has just said some like <laughs> really dumb COVID shit. I haven't got it yet. I've been traveling. I've been living a pretty normal life, you know. Dana says a regular life. Dana's regular life is not what a normal person's <laughs> regular fucking life is. Not everyone gets to go on a fucking private jet to go traveling. Not everyone gets to stay in a private hotel owned by the fucking UFC. Come on, man. Oh, he's so fucking disconnected. God, I hate this son of a bitch. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Smashcast. It is Smash Sunday. We are fresh off of the fights. And we had Anthony Lionheart Smith taking on Devin Clark. We also had Mike Tyson making his comeback fight against Roy Jones Jr. in our two headlining bouts this weekend. What do you guys want to talk about first? Um, I think we should talk about the thing that everyone's really thinking about right now. <laughs> Mike Tyson exceeded all expectations. Absolutely. What an animal. He didn't get like, he didn't gas out after, I mean, neither of them like gassed out entirely after like two rounds, like everyone kind of expected. No one got knocked out, which is really the best case scenario for a fight like this. It's kind of like the, um, the Adesanya Silva fight, the yes. best outcome for the fans and for everyone is just no one gets knocked out it's just a fun entertaining fight mm -hmm. but god tyson those body shots oh my, oh god. my god you know with unbelievable boxing it's like i haven't watched i don't know if i mean i don't watch boxing but i guess just same as the ufc you know they don't have the, a big massive crowd in there so you can really hear these shots landing and mm -hmm. those those tyson those liver exploders from tyson Oh my God. It's like, I never watched Tyson in his prime. I've never been able to watch a live Tyson fight because I'm, I'm a young man, which is a, that in itself is a very nice thing to be able to experience. But <laughs> oh my God, it's like, it seems like relative to his age, it's like he hasn't lost a step. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it's amazing to see. It was really nice to see like they bring back their classic styles, right? We had, we had that Bob and Wee, Mike Tyson, very, very classic, some fucking heavy ass shots. And he didn't gas out nearly as much as you expected. And of course you had Roy with a good fancy footwork, tons of, of lead hooks, lead jabs, mm -hmm. and, 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 and the fucking speed he had, especially you put, you put it on a couple of those flurries in those later three rounds. Those were mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was surprising to see that Roy Jones was the one that was actually the more tired one at the end of the fight. Mm -hmm. And then the one that was, that was gassing out more when Roy has been the one that's been active recently. Uh, Mike hasn't fought in what, 15 years, 14 years, I think since he it's, had his last exhibition bouts. It's crazy. It's those body shots, man, they, they gotta, they gotta take it out of you. I mean, geez, I, if I took one of those, I'm not walking for the day for the rest of the, of the week, let yeah, alone you, <laughs> getting back up and fighting. And you got to love that there was that moment, I think it was in the third, end of the third round, maybe end of the second. I don't remember exactly, but Mike had a couple of big shots after the bell. Yeah. And he immediately he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He gave, and he gave Roy a hug. And, yeah. and the announcers even said, ah, that's, that's new Mike Tyson. That's a new Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see that respect shown between the, uh, the two legends. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you score that one a draw. My personally, uh, cares. yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who won that fight. I don't think we're going to see like they were humoring it a little bit, but I don't think they're going to, we're going to see another fight with either of those two fellas. Again, Roy Jones was very, when he was asked point blank by the interviewer at the end, like, you know, about his interest in doing another fight, you could tell he was just, he was like kind of playing around trying to, you know, 
not shut it down immediately. Yeah, but you yeah. could tell he wanted he wanted none of that. He wanted none of that at that point. So I have a couple things to say on this. So first of all, on that point, there is actually talk maybe about him fighting in Anderson Silva. And I can kind of see where the argument is there just because Anderson doesn't box. I like and so like maybe Roy can kind of keep up with him a little bit. It would have to be a short ass match because Roy, as we know, doesn't have the cardio to go eight rounds at two, even at two minute rounds. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fully sure, but um, there was something else I wanted to bring up um, about Mike Tyson in general. So I had a really big fear to be honest, coming into this fight. I remember watching his Joe Rogan interview a year, maybe two years ago um, when and he was talking on that, on that podcast about, how he would never go back to boxing. Why does he not want to bring up, go back to boxing? Because he's scared back to bring back those demons, bring back that energy, become who he used to be. And he knows that boxing is going to bring that out of him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that's why I was so shocked when he said he was making this comeback. And he said, oh, that the, the tiger has reawoken. And people were excited about this. And Rogan was excited about this. And I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking like, dude, like, we were all talking, you were saying how you don't want the tiger to come back because you don't like who that man was. And he wasn't a good, a, a happy person. He was an angry man. So I was really worried that, that we're gonna, we were gonna see Ty- Tyson kind of devolve into that older, older, or I guess younger version of himself. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to see that we didn't see that in exactly the, the moment I, show, I spoke about earlier where he hugged Roy after he had those body shots uh, after the bell. Mm-hmm. old Tyson would have been a fucking tiger in the octagon still fucking wanting to murder the man and wouldn't have given a fuck new Tyson mm-hmm. was able to keep his composure was able to still ha- he was still addressing it it was it was it's a, it's a violent obviously sport but he still came at it at it somehow from an angle of love which shows just the progression in the individual and the man and the character that is Mike Tyson mm-hmm. yeah I mean he said himself in the uh, post-fight interview that like feels like a completely different person um I mean athletically and by his performance he was obviously still very present and there I mean look phenomenal uh expressed that he wants to do it again and like when this event was announced there was a small part of me that thought like maybe this is gonna end up like uh um Chuck and Tito Ch- exactly Chuck and Tito um mm-hmm. and that the promotion would just tank like uh oscar de la hoya's you know attempt to make an mma promotion which is horrible and it you know uh i forget how many pay-per-views it grossed but i think it was like well under a hundred thousand chuck lydell, um, chuck lydell. <laughs> yeah, yeah so i i had a fear that like maybe this event would um follow that pattern but it seems like it grew uh, a substantial amount of uh of uh, attention and had a great audience and Mike said he wants to, you know, create similar events for old legends and different sports for uh, uh, different, you know, uh, athletes of their time. And I think it's a great organization. It's a great opportunity for, you know, like these older athletes to not completely give up their uh, uh, their life and their, their sporting. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, he seems, uh, Mike seems, you know, pretty dedicated to the uh, philanthropy uh, kind of element of it. You know, after mm-hmm. uh, the fight in that interview as well, he said, um, you know, when he was asked if he would just get in there for a non-exhibition fight for for just like a regular fight where, you know, he can you know, build up you know, towards, I don't know, some kind of a title. He's like, no, 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 no. This is nothing like that. I'm not interested in that at all. He mm-hmm. says he's only interested in charity right now. Uh, so and that that's pretty indicative of his uh, his new, you know, mentality as well. 
I think I read somewhere recently, don't quote me on this because, you know, who knows? I think I read some kind of something about a study that showed that, you know, people, by the time that a person is like 77, they're like a totally different person than they were when they were like 27. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a very simple way for me to talk about I mean, whatever or this we can study go, was. We can go but, back to uh, the Muhammad Ali. You can go back to Muhammad Ali who said, a man who is the same, who has the same opinion at 50 that he had at 20 has wasted 30 years of his life. That's a very uh, sharp quote. Right. And, 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 and you can see that in, in, in Mike Tyson, he, he is not the same man at 54 as he was at, at 24. He has not wasted the last 30 years. He's grown. He's gone through the ringer. He's done some bad shit. He's been in some dark places, but he's come out of it a beautiful human being. And it's amazing to see. Yeah. Glad to see him uh, give back. I'll say, I just, I, before maybe we, uh, we move on, I just want to touch up on, I don't know about you guys, but when they, like right before the fight started, when they were standing in the, uh, in the ring, they both looked like they wanted to be anywhere else but right there if you ask yeah me. I, I agree yeah they i i i mean the fight especially mike who looked absolutely just like distraught before the fight like oh, he looked yeah. sorry he looked very sad he looked like depressed he looked terrified i thought yeah um, <laughs> and then he went in and was just like a, a fucking animal um that, that was that was weird i i, I what i think is that I, I don't know i wonder if they were terrified or if like maybe it was just all the emotions of getting back in the ring and mm-hmm. you know feeling all the all the nostalgia i don't know or maybe mike was worried about going back to this old uh, you know animal personality and uh you know becoming a you know maybe he was worried that that could happen and then you know figured out as the fight went on that his you know takes more than that just to uh, to change a person's personality entirely so um that was a weird moment i don't know uh hey viewers what do you think in the comments did they look fucking scared to you they looked kind of fucking scared to me <laughs> I, I just watched a quick clip of um mike tyson filming the hangover with uh, and the director todd phillips he was trying to like instruct him how to throw a punch <laughs> and mike tyson was like the captain of the Jewish debate team trying to teach me how to throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very interesting conversation. Another interesting conversation is that co-main event. Let's stay on that same event because, I mean, that actually was a lot fun, more fun than I expected. Uh, Nate Robinson getting knocked the fuck out by Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. So there were three knockdowns in that fight. Jake first in the first round, caught up in the overhand right, uh, just as he turned out, as, as Nate charged in, Nate kept on charging in wild shots and then clenching mm-hmm. up. He had no idea what he was doing in there. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Jake didn't quite know how to, how to, how to, I guess, keep him off him and how to counter him on the way in. But he looked a lot more composed than Nate did. And he started to find his it, that counter right uh, as the fight went on. That first one hit him right over on top of the ear. And it completely fucked his equilibrium and we've seen that happen in mma quite a bit we've seen this, this happen to deontay wilder when you're hit in that behind the ear uh area your your balance is completely just fucked for a yeah, while and you could tell and you could tell and he was trying to mm-hmm. milk it say oh behind back of the head back it was clearly not the referee gave him more time than he should have i think absolutely in the solid 15 20 seconds um not not the standard uh but regardless he can't he went back in there al- almost fell over finished off the round and then the second round got knocked down again 
I thought it was over. Nate got back up, mm-hmm. did not look like he wanted to continue. I thought he was like, I don't know why the ref let him continue. He looked like he did not want to be in there and mm-hmm. very, very quickly got a straight right, right on the jaw and face planted. That was ugly. And Jake, by mm-hmm. the way, sorry to, sorry to rant on here. Uh, one more point. Jake did not look happy. Jake looked a little bit like, holy fuck, what did I just do to a man? Like he looked a little bit scared. There's a little oh, bit of actually, yeah, of fear there. I caught that a little bit. I, I, I uh, he definitely seemed like not like he was not like the immediate celebration you see out of some of the killers. I, uh, right. I don't think he's like a fighter at heart. I think he's, he's just empathy. a guy. Too much empathy. Yeah. As, as much yeah, as, I, as you might think he is, that. He, as much as you might he, hate him, he clearly was empathetic about this guy. He clearly I, felt bad about knocking him out. I, I mean, I don't know ex- if it, I don't know if it was that clear. I think he might. I think that you know it could have been anything. He could have just been shocked at the power in his own hands, or just like in awe at the fact that he just knocked out a fucking professional athlete. I I, I don't know if it was that he felt bad about it um, necessarily. Maybe, but um, uh, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say like he he hasn't experienced like his entirety of like an a- having an amateur career. And like growing up with the sport, like gaining an understanding, like, okay, yeah, if I take a loss, if I win, like, wh- what are the impacts on me versus my, uh, my opponent? Like, he hasn't experienced all that. He's just thrown in there and it's like televised on TV. So him probably like getting his first real KO. I, I disagree because but... he's been in there. He's done this three times. The first was amateur. Was it was, was, yes, it was amateur but it was uh it was an exhibit it was an amateur match but it was hugely broadcasted the second was a professional match hugely broadcasted he gets a ko and he jumps on he celebrates but it was a tko it was a referee stoppage right and then this one he knocks the guy out and he's like oh holy shit right which like what i'm saying is yeah yeah what i'm saying is he hasn't experienced that yet so so he was probably just frankly just surprised at like what, what just no, happened he was scared he's like fuck like i see this guy head face plant i just yeah like i i i can understand because you know that brain trauma does something the guy's out cold mm-hmm. the guy was he, he 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 looked worried when the guy was unconscious yeah it was mm-hmm. a bad um, knockout and, and, and he and he knows knockout. how to and he knows how to sell fights he he did a great job to be honest and all the pre-fight interviews the way he spoke was just like a guy like a like a, like a he, he looks like a guy who was studying McGregor that was studying um, the, the big, the big talkers, the big call uh, shot callers. And he did it mm-hmm. well, honestly, he knows how to, he knows how to promote himself. Yeah. I, I just expected him to go in and show off. But when he sees the guy is still not awake for a few seconds, he's like, fuck, I don't, I hope I didn't just kill this dude. Like I can mm-hmm. genuinely understand why, especially if, as you say, you don't have the experience. You haven't knocked someone out and you knock someone out and you see them unconscious for a few minutes. You're like, fuck, did I just kill this guy? Like mm-hmm. I know bo- deaths do happen in boxing. Like, I don't want, this is not what I meant to be. Like, I am not doing this for, to be the champion. I am not, don't, I don't have that mindset coming in to murder you. I'm coming in as like, a, this is fun. This is whatever. But like, that's not what I meant. I mean, to kill you, right? Yeah, like I can fair. see why he's scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just in it for self-promotion in any way. He's just looking for, you know, if, if, J- if, if Jake Paul could have gotten as big, just like, Doing making like shitty music. I disagree. He, yeah, that's what he's doing. He, I, yeah, but if he could, if he could, you know, if he could have had the same exact level of outreach and promotion, just doing that, which the boxing absolutely adds to. Like, I mean, he's good at I marketing he himself. It. He's putting no, himself he everywhere. 
I think he genuinely likes it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Guy. I mean, he looked like he's clearly been training. Yeah, absolutely been training. I mean, mm-hmm. he looked like a guy who's probably been training for about a year. Year and a half. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but so I mean, like clearly, yeah, he likes it. But I think that he's gonna. I think his number one priority is self promotion. He's gonna go wherever he he feels that he's gonna be able to, you know, market himself to the widest possible audience. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's also like, you know, boxing. You know, they they're making a choice as well to bring him on. Boxing is. I mean, there. I think there. Mike Tyson said in an interview just last night. He's like, the UFC's been kicking our ass. We owe a yeah. lot to Jake Paul for uh, bringing like young people to boxing and getting attention back on boxing. So yeah. I'm sure that there are a number of Dude. different uh, enterprises and things that Jake Paul could have been getting involved in. But, and you know, Noah. I bet that boxing Noah. just gave him fucking some crazy, some crazy offers so, and shit. I gotta say, no, I don't think anybody is genuinely never a box, not at all a boxing fan watching, watches the Jake Paul fa- fight and becomes a boxing fan. I just don't think that's going to be a real thing. I, I, I really don't. I don't you see do. us. If, if we're MMA, look, look at this way. Noah, you're an MMA fan already. Mm. You watch that fight. Are you now any more likely to watch the next big boxing fight? Yeah, but we, we're in our 20s. Jake Paul fight is the people like who a Jake Paul fight is really marketed towards are young people who are like between like when I became a UFC fan for the first time, when I was like between like 11 and 13, I think they're trying to market. No, 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 no. He's older than that. He has a much, much older, he has a way older uh, target audience than that. He's more like, no, no nowadays nowadays for They're sure like dude. young t- i i mean i don't even know what he's doing nowadays other than no, fighting. no no but no he's, he's got he's older. got a young audience there's no Not way anymore. i i i don't i don't know so i can't really argue with you but i can't i i can't allow myself to believe that people older than 13 are no the people, audience so. no dude you have to understand the audience has grown with and the creators have also grown like they've gotten older they've changed their content they've gotten more mature as much as you might not they have they have definitely gotten more mature and their content has matured and they and their audience has matured with it. It it genuinely is like I, I've I've seen some of the newer stuff. I don't I, to be honest, I never watched their older shit. I've seen some of the newer shit. It actually is very much not for twelve year olds at all. Um, in addition, I mean their shit was never for twelve year olds. Their shit was always very bad for young people to watch. No, but like, <laughs> but, I, I don't know. It, it it does actually seem something like like it's marketed for someone close to my age. But and it, I just wanted to bring up in a different. Bust up. I'm, right, I, I'm gonna i'm gonna just have to i'm gonna just have to clear my mind after that horrible thing you just uh, said wa- watch you, you, we are the same age saying you haven't we're watched the same the age year. yes you haven't watched this shit in the last year so you don't know and i and i won't ever know i don't <laughs> ever need to know so then you don't, don't ever and you don't have that you have a, you have no basis to make an argument i already said that motherfucker okay. i also told you that for my own mental health I have to not. Ima- I have to imagine that people over thirteen are not interested in Jake Paul. All right, all right. So then, Noah, Noah, uh, I have to bring. I want to bring in one other point. So there is a guy. Uh, Jake actually has a brother, an older brother named Logan. Um, so there was a video of. I don't know when this came out. Something like maybe six, eight months ago. We know those Russian. Remember those the Russian slap contests, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone knows those. Logan Paul was going to go fly to Moscow and compete. Yeah, I remember this. I remember and this. And he brings in a guy who's competed this huge, like, 300-pound hulk of a man to go and teach him. And the guy's like, okay, you can get one slap on me first, and then I go on you. And you go as hard as you can, wind up, do everything you fucking can, whatever. Mm-hmm. Logan goes, winds up, and knocks the guy yep, clean out. The guy the does not... Out. The guy does, is like, what's going on? Where am I? Like, clean over. And Logan 
decided not to go to Moscow because he was scared of doing that to another person. I am now thinking of him. I'm comparing that to the Jake Paul. I can kind of understand to the Jake Paul scenario (laughs) or situation (laughs) to this whole thing about Jake. I know we're bringing back an older conversation of Jake feeling, looking scared after he knocked a guy out. This is clearly something his brother has experienced the exact same thing. Yeah. So it's just because they like, they are just being thrown into this like completely new environment. Like, like they're not growing with the sport. It's Mm -hmm. not completely new, but I don't think they've ever knocked someone clean out is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they're new. But they've knocked people out before. Just not like that. If you grow up, like, yeah, I think like Adam, what you're kind of getting, if you grow up, you know, training in martial arts, you know, going in local tournaments, uh, you know, and whatnot from a young age, by the time you get to like, if you're skilled enough to get onto like a professional or even like a regional scene, by the time you get to that point, if you've been growing up with it, you get a knockout. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be like scary to you anymore. Why not? It's just like a thing that you do. Everyone has a first knockout though. Everyone that gets knockouts has a first time they got a knockout. Yeah, and and, I'm saying, and, and wouldn't when they that, react when in that, that way? If that starts when you're young, if like your first knockout happens when you're maybe in like a tournament when you're like 14, by the time you're like, 23 24 25 getting into like if you're skilled enough to get into the ufc a knockout's like just another thing that you do right like i'm, I'm sure the first less time, sensitive that, over time yeah exactly like i'm sure the first time that conor mcgregor knocked somebody out when he was very young and like just starting competing um i'm sure he was probably had a similar reaction i don't like, know oh, crap. you hear justin gaethje yeah, talk we, about we his know. first fight justin gaethje says like he has it talked about his first fight and he in where he had he got his nose broken and then he knocked this guy out and he, he felt he he looked at his hand and he said holy shit that was awesome yeah i mean hey you right? know my, you know it, it's gonna that, be different depending on the person here, but here's the here's here's i think something that you said at the very beginning and i think that this is what summarizes this whole thing and that jake paul is not a killer he's not a natural born fighter that's not who he is justin gaethje is as core a fighter's fighter as exists on the fucking planet so when Justin Gaethje gets his first ever knockout, he looks at his hands and says, holy fucking shit, that was awesome. Let's do that again. When, when fucking Jake Paul gets one, because he's just, you know, a fucking Hollywood guy nowadays. He's like, oh, fuck. That was, I just did that to, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of showing he's Hollywood. He's not a boxer. Mm-hmm. He's not a fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've kind of gone on a little bit too long on this. Let's move on to the UFC yes. event. We had Devin Clark getting choked out in the first round. Anthony Lionheart Smith with his comeback at a 205 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that triangle choke, he honestly dominated that start that fight from start to finish. Two and a half minutes. Devin came charging in with those with those with that flurry of punches, got taken down, and from then it was just position to position to position jiu-jitsu mastery by anthony leinhardt smith and eventually finishes him off with a triangle yeah it's great to see him uh get another win uh you know after after you know in his own words a couple of poor performances um you know the fight itself was pretty you know like you said it was pretty straightforward you pretty much said every all there is to say about the fight he got a great submission finish the interesting thing for me was the uh, was uh the post-fight interview mm-hmm. um he mm-hmm. said a few interesting things, which are really in, like we all know that uh, you know Anthony Smith is like a very smart man. He's a very he's very self aware, um, and a few like one of the things that he said is that he know he's no longer going to be thinking about what's the next fight that's going to get me a title shot. I'm just going to fight the the next person in front of me, 
So that he he is setting his sights realistically. He knows that uh, mm-hmm. a title shot is probably not in his future. I don't think he sees himself beating any of the uh, like 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 I don't think he sees himself beating a Jan or a uh, Tiago uh, Santos or you know he's two hundred five pound cowboy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, then you know I uh, I'm just I'm just really pleased to see him uh, you know get up he got a performance of the night bonus which is great for him um got gets to you know get another win on his record because i bet a loss here would have been very very bad for him we would dana would have been saying especially if he if he got like if it was like a dominant loss oh that dana white would have been talking you know the same way he was talking about cowboy speaking bring Mm -hmm. bring him up uh last time he fought so um you know really just a, a, a best case scenario for, for Lionheart, a great victory for him that, uh, you know, gets him back on everyone's radar and uh, gets his confidence back quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, feel, I think I've said in the past, but I, I've wondered how the, the home invasion that he had, that he dealt with, you know, that awful incident that happened to him for, uh, for viewers who don't know, as, as a person broke into anthony smith's house he had to fight off the intruder apparently this guy was all the guy who broke in was also like a brazilian jiu-jitsu like champion or like some like weird shit like that some weird serendipitous shit like that and um i mean go figure i mean i'm pretty sure pictures of the guy after them the fact he was all bloodied up and beaten had the shit beaten out of him and anthony smith looked fine but smith said it was the hardest fight of his life yeah and um you know clearly Mm -hmm. clearly that's in a physical sense, that's not true, but in an emotional, mental sense, he thought he was fighting for his life. So I have mm. to wonder how much that very traumatic experience impacted his last uh, couple performances. Um, mm. But this is a great win to get his confidence back. Very happy for him. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. yeah. I think he, he has a great mindset going into the future. Uh, dropped maybe a, a Paul Craig he would fight um maybe fighting the winner of yuri and reyes like i i think he just has a a, a good mindset he's uh aware of like the situation that he's been put in that you know maybe ha- he hasn't had some of the best performances but uh looks like he's making the right uh taking the right approach i gotta say adam the, the way that you just went yeah maybe paul craig or maybe the winner of yuri prohaska and dominic reyes like they were the same thing or or <laughs> okay, yeah, on the yeah. same level like what do you like dude okay so yeah, winner you're, of you're, yuri prohaska dominic reyes <laughs> is probably getting a title shot if it wasn't for global yeah, yeah. share and israel asanya crowding that two man i don't you're the winner of yuri and reyes is a top top contender i I, I would say (laughs) it's gonna go the winner of yuri and reyes is gonna have to fight the winner of of santos and um who's he fighting who's santos fighting in march Uh, um, no it's not clover it's not ozemir or something it's not a big guy can't remember oh 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 it's rocket rocket Santos right. is fighting, so the winner of Santos and Rockets should fight the winner of Yuri and Reyes. And that is a crazy, crazy three fights. Those two and then the winner of those two. Um, and then that, then, then they're going to get a title shot against either Dom, uh, sorry, against uh, Black Oblachowicz, Israel, or Glover, whoever has the, or, or I guess John, whoever has the belt at that point. But dude, 
I don't think Smith is anywhere near a title shot. Yeah, I think exactly. as Noah said, he is setting his set his sights realistically. He's gonna if he wins, I think Craig is a good is a good next step. If he beats Craig, then maybe he starts to, to look at a guy like a loser of a Yuri and Reyes. Mm. And then you can or the loser of Santos and uh and Rakic, and then you can mm. go into maybe title shot or or competing for a title shot. But he's a few mm. he's three fights away right now. Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I was also I was freaking out during the fight because um prior to uh in my YouTube recommended popped up the uh, Bryce Mitchell going for the twister mm. and I was just like watched it out of uh enjoyment and so I was uh as the fight went on and Anthony Smith was going for a twister I was like oh my god <laughs> two twisters mm-hmm. in one day oh boy, um, that's a lot of excitement yeah uh, I, I, to be honest I don't have a ton to say on this fight it was a fun fight it was a high a high intensity high energy chess match M- Miguel Baezo t- uh, taking on Baeza taking on Takashi Sato Baeza getting that second round submission uh do you guys want to go on this one I don't have a ton to say to be honest I missed so I missed part of the fight I was watching the this Tyson fight yeah there's the problem I'm sorry audience but uh I mean what do you what do you what, what do you expect us to do we're only men you know, when Mike Tyson, when you get to watch the first live Mike Tyson fight of your entire life, the only one you'll probably ever see, you got to take that opportunity. Priorities, priorities. So, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> I guess that's a there was a performance of the night bonus. Yeah. So I didn't, so, I didn't uh, see the fight itself, to be honest. However, what I did see is Dana's post fight, uh, comments on it. And what he did say is that Baeza looked like a stud. Baeza is a Puerto Rican, and they don't have a lot of Puerto Rican fighters in the UFC right now, but he sees Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico as a, another potential major hub for talent. He, in fact, he wants mm-hmm. to put a PI, uh, sorry, for Noah and your fans, uh, a performance institute mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in, in Puerto Rico. Um, they need uh, a private investigator down there so they can get into the gyms <laughs> and scout out the talent. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they want to put a, 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 a PI. They want to build a PA, PI in uh, in Puerto Rico. And as uh, and as Dana actually said straight up in the con in the press conference, he could be their Puerto Rican superstar that headlines or or really leads their push in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Well, I'll uh, I'll have to take a. Uh, a closer look next time he's in the octagon. I suppose so. Uh, one mm-hmm. last fight I wanted to mention in this card was our sleeper fight of the week, Noah. We mentioned this last week, just after Adam jumped off the podcast, unfortunately. Spike Carlisle, we said, was the man to watch the Alpha Ginger, mm-hmm. and he came out like the Alpha Ginger. Absolute bombs away against Bill Algio. Algio able to weather the storm. Algio mm-hmm. had the reach advantage, the length advantage. He was able, he had the, what looked like the... Um, the slickness and the boxing advantage. He had better feints, I thought, than Spike Carlisle. And mm. for that reason, he was able to withstand the explosiveness of Carlisle in the first round. Mm. And as you know, with these crazy, powerful, explosive fighters, it's just not possible to have those big, explosive, powerful movements and sustain them through the th- through mm-hmm. three rounds of, of fighting. And for that reason, yeah. Bill was able to get the win. But and it was Spike still a see- fun Sorry, fight. If I could just jump yes, in. Go, it, seems like, it seems like Spike has like... Uh, like not like in general doesn't seem like he has the best gas tank. Like he, he tired very quickly and maybe not, he was like not the best gas tank, but he's really sprint. He sprinted uh, from the start. Yeah. But, and then he just made some poor decisions as the fight went on. Like some of that wrestling he was doing towards the end, 
you you remember you see when he uh, when he tried for that like suplex when he tried it's to like when he, when he when he when he lift when he lifted uh, Algio up, you could tell he was not he didn't have enough energy to execute the 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 throw, and he got he lifted him up in the air, and then he just kind of held him there for a couple of seconds. That's got to take a, a ton of energy, and then Algio just like fucking slid back and got him on the ground and like when 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 Algio was on top. My God, what a what a bloodbath! He was he was dominating from round mm. round two and three. It was the clear. It was such a a clear dominant performance for Algio. That's a fun fight. It, it's just because as you, I think Spike, all of his movements. The only thing he can do is big, powerful, high energy movements, which mm. are high effort, but and also high output. But and so you get rewarded if you if you can pull it off, but you have to pull it off in order for that to work. And it was just, yes, he was damaging, but he wasn't damaging enough to finish. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get a finish, and your only way of fighting is these big powerful movements when you don't have the energy for it any, anymore in the third round, as you say, you you try to pull off and fight like that same fighter, but you can't mm-hmm. fight like that same fighter, and you you just don't have the energy to do it to do yeah. it. And he got dominated for those second two for the second yeah. and third round. No, but I think look. Still a guy I want to watch again. Still yeah. a guy I'm going to keep my eyes out. He's still sure. a fun. He's a, he's a fighter's fighter. He's an, he's a oh, TV yeah. fighter. That was that was a lot of fun to watch, and he's clearly got a lot of room for growth. I can only hope that he learns from this fight. Like clearly, he's got great wrestling. Yep. He j- he needs the energy to execute it, and he needs to you know he needs to um, be aware that you know when when things don't go his way on on the feet, you know. He can be very successful with the wrestling as long as he doesn't completely fuck himself over. Oh, it seems like my Roomba has turned itself on by itself. I hope that it doesn't start fucking around. Of course, the artificial intelligence has already taken over the world. It's taken over our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Anyway, there was, well, I guess, one last fight to talk about on that main card, and that was our heavyweight fight. Uh, Josh Parisian against Parker Porter. Another fun, just slugfest of a fight. Uh, uh, Parker mm-hmm. Porter pick uh sorry getting a third round decision but it was just both always throwing bombs for three rounds yep. straight yeah mm-hmm. it was uh, a lot of energy um you know it's it's oh, why didn't Spike maintain that energy they were these guys were big tubby tubsters one of them <laughs> god what was it uh Parisian he like Porter looked like he had like he had like a like a a Tyson Fury frame of just like he clearly has like a lot of like a big broad chest, a lot of muscle. And then Parisian was just big tubby tubster. He didn't have like, it didn't seem like he had any underlying muscle, but at the same time, I bet that man is so fucking strong. He could probably leg press like 900 pounds. Those biggie, big, big tubby boys are fucking powerful. God. The, 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 it, it's all the Ben Rothwells of the world. Mm-hmm. I re- I really want to see uh you know another another like uh what's his name fucking you know guys like like uh Roy Nelson who uh are just big fat tubby tubster or Mark or uh Mark Hunt who just fucking big tubby tubsters that are so goddamn strong that they'll put you out in one in one shot and you Rampage. can't and you you can't even move them when you hit them. Bro, mm-hmm. Rampage Jackson. Rampage. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking like a bit of a tubby tubster nowadays, that's for sure. <laughs> God. All right, boys. So I'm here with some potentially tragic but breaking news here. 
Uh, it is rumored, according to some Swedish MMA site, that Hamzat Chemaev might actually be te- have tested positive for COVID-19, which it is unclear what that means for his fight. It is in three weeks' time. In order for him to fight on December 19th, he must test negative for mm-hmm. the entire week before the fight. He has apparently, according to some rumors, this is unconfirmed, these are, these are not necessarily top-level sources, saying that he has already tested positive and he is sick. Yeah, apparently he has a fever. It's uh, it's not great. We got to hope for the best good. for the man. We got to so hope for is, the best for ourselves because this fight, this this fight was going to make this whole year all work. This fight was craziness. This was going to tell us whether or not Hamzat was a fighter of the year. Absolutely, if you won this fight. Um, I'm hoping that they just decide to move this fight. That December 19th card is, even without this fight, is fucking stacked. So they have mm-hmm. plenty of fights. Mm-hmm. Jeff Neal versus Wonderboy Thompson can easily be the main event of that of that fight night. And they have tons of other fights that are really, really fun on that card. I hope that they just move this Leon Edwards and Hamza Shemayev car, uh, fight to maybe the Conor McGregor card, to one of these, uh, maybe in, some one of the uh, uh, International Fight Week big events, but make it a main event. Keep the five rounds because that I think is necessary. Yeah, I, think I absolutely agree. You, Adam, what yeah, do you think you, they should do? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely keep the fight. That's what I'd hope. Um, for them to play sort of like musical chairs, which is what they're doing next weekend, and sort of switch up the opponents, it, it would be great for short term. But I think long term, it's it's better just to push the card and or not push the card, excuse me, push the fight and just have Leon and uh, Hamza fight on a later date. Yeah, because I mean, what, mm-hmm. the, the only other option would be to give like a, a Wonder Boy Thompson against Leon Edwards, and then give Jeff Neal mm-hmm. to Hamzat. But I think first of all, they don't they actually want to give a bigger name to Hamzat. They want to give give a better name to, to Jeff Neal. They're actually trying to build Hamzat and Jeff. They're not trying to right. build Wonder Boy and Leon. So they want to give them they want to they want to build Jeff's name off of Wonder Boy. They can't do that if they give Wonder Boy to Leon, and they can't they can't really build Hamzat or Jeff nearly as much as they could if they had these matchups. Um, so I think they're going to keep these matchups. I'm just hoping that these rumors are false. I'm hoping that while this is obviously great for our channel to be the breaking news, I just hope this fight is happening, man. I don't want to see this canceled. Yeah, I'll say probably by the time by the time this this uh, episode's out, we're probably going to know for sure that's, that's what uh, what the outcome is. So uh, at uh, at 3:40 p.m. on November 29th, I'm saying let's hope for the best, and that these rumors are just that rumors. Yeah, uh, well, let's move on to some other MMA news from that same region of the world, from that Chechen kind of, uh, kind of, uh, kind of region, uh, former, former Soviet Union, I guess you can say. Khabib Nurmagomedov has bought Dagestani MMA promotion Gorilla FC for $1 million. Now, this means a couple things. First of all, Khabib being at the hem- helm of any MMA uh, organization is obviously great for that MMA organization's name. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract mm-hmm. fighters. And when you have him at the helm of a Dagestani organization, which already is breaking out all, all these amazing, amazing fighters and wrestlers, is going to bring a lot of attention into MMA in that region, and you're going to grow mm-hmm. it even more. Second of all, mm-hmm. not only are you going to grow that a promotion, but that promotion now, because it has Khabib at the helm, is going to get all this external, um, uh, what's it called? All this external attention as well. Dana and Khabib, as and as has been well publicized, have a meeting uh, coming up. Dana said it will happen in Abu Dhabi, um, so it'll be probably in January. Well, when they have this meeting, something. They, 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 of course, Dana is going to probably try to get Khabib to fight, but Khabib is definitely going to talk to Dana White and try to get uh, Gorilla FC 
on Fight Pass. And that's going to give all these Dagestani fighters a great, great way, an outlet to these two American uh, audiences. And I think it'll be really, really good for MMA in that, in that region. Yeah, for sure. I'm scared to see all the just Murders. killers oh, that man. come out of there and Assassin, start to just yeah. take over the UFC. Yep, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an exciting uh, couple of years, I think. Now, a couple of thoughts came out of this. So, first of all, I mean. Habib at the helm of an MMA organization. I never thought of this beforehand, but everyone's been talking, oh, who's the next Dana White? Could it be Habib? Um, I, I don't know if Habib has that level of charisma, nor is he as interested and as, as ambitious as um, mm. Dana is in a business sense. Like Khabib's happy to be like a, a fucking farmer for the rest of his life. Yeah, he wants he's, to I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he's buying this out as a like a business move. I think he's doing it as like, I want to be like, I want to have as much of an impact as my dad did. Exactly, like it's dad. carrying right. out his father's legacy. I was gonna say that, and perfect point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. I don't think he's gonna ever be uh, like a Dana White. I don't think he's ever gonna be. The, he, he, I mean, he'll draw just by name, his name brand alone. He'll be able to draw a massive audience to whatever he, you know, like you said, to whatever he's associated with. But I don't think he's gonna work very hard. I don't think he's gonna go the extra mile. I, I think, don't think he's going. No, I, he's I, gonna inv- I think he's gonna invest. Every, he's gonna probably have other business partners with him that take care of a lot of the administrative stuff. And I feel like he's mm. gonna be on the ground with the fighters. Yeah, I was gonna say. Mm. I, th- I don't think he was. I, I think a great kind of summary to this is he isn't looking to be the next Dana White. He's looking to be the next Abdulmanap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and exactly. and I think that that's that's clear from his actions of 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 being at the helm of a promotion, trying investing his money and his time into growing MMA in the, in the region of Dagestan. I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, moving Excuse on from this, we're getting have, some oh, water, boys. I'll be right back. No worries. Keep um, on talking. Moving on to some huge news. Uh, in addition, we have a pay per view scheduled in just two weeks' time. I know it just we just had one last week, so three weeks between two pay per view events, and we have two great fights that were booked on that card we have figueredo officially defending his title twice in three weeks against brandon moreno who also will be fighting twice in three weeks both have to make that weight cut again but both will be headlining the december 12th pay-per-view event in addition our co-main event is tony ferguson El Kakui oh, out of nowhere coming back against Dubronx, Charles Oliveira. This is a crazy duo of fights to be added on just a few weeks before the event. These two fights, Figgy and Reno, and then Tony Dubronx is just so hype. I am so excited for both of these. Honestly, I don't even know which one I'm more excited for. As much as Tony Dubronx is going to be fun, Figueredo and Moreno is low-key going to be flashy, exciting, quick, nonstop, and five rounds, if it makes mm-hmm. it that far. <laughs> I, I know uh, these past couple of weeks, DC and Helwani have been talking a lot about who should be fighter of the year. And if he wins this, there's great debate for him for, uh, oh, uh, for Figueredo for fighter I mean, of the year, for now sure. Now that Hamzat might not be fighting, if, if, if Hamzat was fighting and beat Leon, absolutely. If, mm-hmm. if that still happens, he's going to win it anyway. But if they go, but if, if Hamlet does not fight, Kevin Holland doesn't fight in this this year, um, and 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 then Figueroa wins, easily fight of the year, easily mm-hmm. no no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, we also have Jacare against Kevin Holland, so we have 
had some crazy movement in this middleweight division. Hermanson was supposed to take on uh, Holland next week. Kevin Holland came down with COVID-19, so they moved him against Jacare Souza and took Jacare's opponent, who was supposed to be Marvin Vittori, and they are now putting him against Jack Hermanson on next week's card. So Jacare against Kevin Holland is also a fantastic card. And speaking of fighter of the year, Kevin Holland actually could be the fighter of the year. He is, I believe if he wins this fight, he'll have five wins in 2020. Which, crazy. considering how few MMA events, is pretty crazy. So I think actually, Holland and Figueiredo can both win Fight of the Year. It, it'll be a close matchup between them. They both need a big win if they wanna if they wanna keep that spot in, in that in that debate. Who, who holds the record for the most uh, wins in the UFC in one year? Uh, I believe it'll be. It's probably five with Adesanya, something like that. Probably five with a bunch of people. Maybe it's six. Let's. Uh... Angela Hill had a lot. Angela Hill had, mm-hmm. had a time when she was fighting a lot and very, very, very frequently. Oh, huh. Most wins in a calendar year, um, Neil Magny. Neil Magny. And and uh, Roger Huerta. When? How many? That's from 2007 and Neil Magny's 2014. Uh, let's see. Seven? Yeah, five. Five, respectively. Five. In, uh, okay, in so, so Holland will get five wins if he wins this year. And he'll and tie he'll... the record. Mm-hmm. But Figueroa will have four wins, but Figueroa will have four wins and they'll all be title fights. So now that's that wins. I think that Mm -hmm. wins four title fight wins is more impressive than five wins. I I still. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you're asking me who's the more impressive fighter, Neil Magny or uh, Figueroa, I mean, come on now. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In addition. Okay. Other, other news also. Some other COVID mess ups. Of course, this weekend was not supposed to be uh, headlined by, Alex, uh, sorry, by Anthony Smith and Devin Clark. It was supposed to be headlined by Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades, who, and Curtis Blades, unfortunately, got COVID. This will be apparently scheduled sometime in the next three weeks. Essentially, it will be added on to one of the cards this year. Most likely, I would say, the former Hamzat card, the December 19th card, I think is the most likely Mm -hmm. one. Give Curtis Blades as much time as possible to recover the only reason i think that they're actually putting this on this year and not waiting and giving blades more time to recover is because at heavyweight they don't need to cut weight and mm-hmm. so they don't because weight cutting after covid is not possible but no. i think when you don't need to weight cut i think it makes more sense that this will mm-hmm. be added on and so we just had so much weirdness so much drama so much craziness now that covid is really it's kind of we, we thought we were kind of settling down there in august and september and it's come back to nope. bite us in the ass no, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost as if it's hit. It's on, on the exact same trajectory that every medical professional was saying it would be on. That wouldn't that make any sense. Two thing. <laughs> yeah. But who listens to science in 2020? Yeah, doctors. <laughs> Fuck a doctor. I can I can treat my own stuff. Everybody, go on YouTube and look up DIY dentistry. You oh, can no. learn how oh, to do no. all of your own treatments. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, um, let's move on very swiftly to speaking of Figueredo, the UFC actually has signed another Figueredo. The mm-hmm. UFC has signed, uh, his name is Francisco Figueredo. It is Davison Figueredo's brother. Uh, that is another exciting young prospect. I don't know how good this mm-hmm. guy is, but just being a Figueredo, he has to be somewhat mm-hmm. good. Do you guys know what, uh, uh, what, what weight class he is? Uh, I'm not sure. I, uh, I just, I just heard that they're signing him. I'm not really sure what, what information's out there. Can I just say when it comes to my favorite name contest, these guys are going to kill it every time. Davison, Francisco, who's naming these guys? These are some legendary names right here. 
This is, I love it. I love it myself. Um, okay, so let's see. What do we got? He's bantamweight. Uh, he okay, 135. Is, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, he's bantamweight. 11 wins, three losses. Um, and his last so not fight. Not as good as his brother, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, let's let's see what happens. You know, he's already he's already 31 years old as well. So, uh, yeah, that says something. But, uh, you know, I haven't seen it. I would like to see uh, some of his last uh, few fights to see how uh, how he performed because – yeah, in general, he's got he's got a pretty solid record, provided that he's facing you know decent enough uh, opponents. So uh, I'm excited for that one. I mean, hey, anytime a uh, some a relative of a uh, of a champion gets signed, I mean, hey, that's something to look out for. Always. Um, a couple more things. I guess the real last thing I want to talk about in terms of news this week is some strange conversations that Dana Dana was being very very cryptic at the end of last night's post-fight press conference when discussing Yair Rodriguez. He was asked when Yair will be fighting. He Apparently Yair posted some, some videos and some pictures on Instagram or something on social media saying how he was training, he was ready to fight. However, uh, when asked about when he will be fighting, Dana was saying he will not be fighting anytime soon. Mm-hmm. He said that, uh, he said a few things. First of all, he said he would like to release um, whatever it was. He was surprised that UFC hadn't released whatever this reason is, but it mm-hmm. will be coming soon. And secondly, he said it is nothing to do with him. It is not his business. It is not Hunter's business. It is not him shutting down fights. It is not a contract dispute, which means it is, in my opinion, um, one of three things. Mm-hmm. Either A, he has some sort of major family issue um, mm-hmm. in which if, for, for which he can't compete. B and C are a little bit more personally egregious. Either he popped for some sort of steroid and it's a USADA issue, or he's not running into some sort of legal trouble. Um, and he won't end for that reason. He won't be able to fight for a long time. But something has clearly happened not very good mm-hmm. in your Rodriguez's life that the UFC hasn't released yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I think it's less likely to be legal trouble. I think that that would be, that's out of like UFC or Dana's control. Like if he was charged with a crime, that would have probably been public information a while ago. And we, like on social media, I think people would have been talking about it because mm-hmm. there would have there would be evidence of that somewhere, uh, unless it's like a situation where he's being like accused of a uh, of a crime and the, you know nothing specifics come out yet. So, but I, I wouldn't. I think that if I'm thinking the most likely thing, it's probably either Usada. the the either Usada or or. You know, family. Th- I, I didn't actually. I didn't consider I, a family. I, 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 don't, I don't think his family issues. I don't but, think the re- uh, the way he was reacting. He's like, Dana, I don't think he, that you're Dana, fighting anytime soon. Dana did. Dana seemed. Yeah, he seemed like dis- He didn't seem very happy. He seemed uh, disappointed. Not, like, sad. Disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Or it was. Oh no! It almost. It was, not, not even like disappointed. You know what? He almost seemed like it was. It's kind of like legal issues, but I can see why you you have the same reaction as it to a USADA complication. Yeah. It's almost like when you're a football coach and one of the guys on your on your team like goes and, and breaks the law and gets locked up and you're just like i'm disappointed i'm just sad about it it's just like it's shitty it just mm-hmm. fucking sucks man and yeah. like i i it, it sucks that this that this guy kind of went down the wrong path that's what it kind of looked like to me it looks like it you're yeah. fucked up yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's interesting how dana said it's none of my business what's going on down there like that's a weird thing to uh that means you saw it or criminal one of the two it has yeah, to be it's it like the be. way the way he says that in a very non-empathetic way leads me to believe that it's like he did something fucking bad and he's trying to like distance himself maybe before some shit comes out. Oh, it's a, so, it's a shame. Uh, we'll, 
Well, it's a Shay. It's it's Schrodinger's shame. When we'll, we'll, once we actually find out what the fuck happens, we'll know what's going on. <laughs> we don't know. It is is both a shame and not a shame until we check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, let's so. move on to next week's event. I think I think let's let's move on to some happier happier times. We do have some good fights headlining. Look, as we mentioned, there were some shakeups. This was not supposed to be the fight. This was originally supposed to be Jack Manson against Dar- against Darren Till. Then it was Jack Manson against Kevin Holland. And now it ends up, it appears at least, to be Jack Hermanson taking on Marvin Vittori. Uh, Marvin Vittori is an Italian fighter. He is fucking brutal. He's got some power in his hands. He's a very, very, very intense individual. I think this is, uh, if anything, the, uh, the battle of the battle cries. These two guys <laughs> both have huge battle cries every time they get a big win. Um, even before they get a big win, just to, before the fight, they like to intimidate their opponents. It'll be mm-hmm. fun. Um, Marvin's an in-your-face fighter. Jack's an in-your-face fighter. Uh, I think Jack has got the ground game absolutely over Marvin. Marvin probably has a striking advantage. He probably has the power advantage. I think it's a fun fight. Mm-hmm. Anyone have yeah, any predictions? I, I have a feeling that um, Hermanson's uh, going to keep propelling his trajectory with his uh, grappling because he seemed to... Um, you know, he was using his striking more when he fought Cannoneer, but when the Gaslam fight happened, just right off the bat, um, went for an Imanari roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm probably going to say it'll be a similar outcome. That'll just go for a submission right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Just make it a quick night. I think you know, it'll Marvin's, be a... Marvin's an interesting name for an Italian guy, huh? Oh my God. I thought you were going to give up. <laughs> I'm a man opinion. I'm like, oh yeah, go ahead, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin. Um, no, I, I think, I think it will be, it'll be either Manson by submission or it'll be Vittori. Vittori will, 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 would win if it's a knockout. Vittorian will win by a TKO. Vittori can win by a, a, a decision. But I think Hermanson would win the submission game. I think that's his only chance at winning. But I can I think that's a very, very real threat. A first round by first round submission for Jack Hermanson is something that you always, always, always need to be ready for. Mm-hmm. That Joker team is deadly. Mm-hmm. So all right, you heard it here first, everyone. It's definitely not gonna be a draw. What's gonna happen is one of these two fellas is gonna win. No, no, I'm saying that if it goes to to, to the to, to the end, it'll be Victoria's <laughs> win. I know, I know. I gotcha. <laughs> Um, our co-main event, OSP, is coming back. As uh, as Noah, you wanted to mention, OSP was actually just reintroduced into the, into the light heavyweight top 15. Um, I'm not really sure why, if I'm being honest. Uh, Jamahal Hill is a fun prospect. He's a powerful man, as you would expect any light heavyweight prospect to be. 7-0, very green. Um, doesn't have a lot of fights in the UFC, but again... He is a good, he's actually a strong fighter. He's a powerful fighter. He's quick. He's got some good, crisp hands. Um, and, and it'll be fun to see him against a challenging guy for anybody with such a weird style in OSP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, with OSP, it's either, uh, I find it's either, you know, two polar opposite. It's either a fucking snooze fest or it's a fast paced, exciting one round fight. <laughs> That's my experience, at least. And uh, usually this is our time for our sleeper fight of the week. If I'm being honest, I don't even see that many sleeper fights. They're all okay. Nothing too, nothing really jumps off the page at me. Um, we've got this guy, Movstar Evlov, Evlov um, who has only one fight in the UFC. He has a, he has a win over Mike Rundy. He's, a, he's another undefeated fighter. That's kind of nice to see. But I don't think that we really have any crazy, crazy, just hyped, low-key fights. Do you guys yeah. spot any uh, sleeper fight of the week? 
Um, my God, yeah, I don't recognize any of these guys. Yeah, I like Jimmy Flick's sad. name. Jimmy Flick sounds like someone who would work at like an old timey carnival or something. Um, <laughs> versus Cody Durden, huh? That's like Cody Durden, Tyler Durden. You know, there's something there. Uh, so that's so that's uh that's one to look out for, I suppose. And uh, John Allen sounding like a founding father or some shit there. So uh, there's another one. <laughs> John Allen. That sounds like a, that it sounds like, sound a, like a, a founding father, father to me. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know who the fuck most of these guys are. But uh, usually that means that it's going to be an exciting card. So <laughs> true. I'm game. All right. You, well, you definitely count on us watching the fights next week as long as there's no mike tyson coming up um yeah yeah. yeah, well then we will watch those fights next week we will report back to you next week and of course please like the video comment on the video subscribe to the channel if you are new and uh unless there's anything else to say boys pray for hamzat pray for hamzat and we will talk to you all next week with some official hamzat news hopefully hopefully Mm -hmm. positive Mm-hmm. Hopefully, well, not hopefully, COVID hopefully, positive. hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully not. COVID positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for Adam, for Noah, I am Rowie. We will see y'all next week. <laughs>